Hey everybody, this is Rick. And this is Nathan from Aberdeen, Washington. And you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with our friend Rico. The podcast is strong in this one. Hello everyone and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is Rico, your host for podcast number 141 for September the 30th, 2007. This week we're going to have a special interview show. I am going to be speaking to, very shortly, two of the executive producers of Star Trek The Continuing Mission, which can be found at continuingmission.com. One of them you've heard before, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, his name is Sebastian Pruth, and his partner is Andy Tyrer. And I spent about an hour talking to both these guys. We recorded this uh, actually last weekend uh, which would have been September uh, 22nd, and I've got it all ready to go for you. It's a a great interview. These guys have a lot to offer. Uh, They're doing an audio drama for uh, Star Trek with all cool music, effects, professional-level actors. It's uh, a lot of fun to listen to them talk about it, and their enthusiasm really comes through. So stand by, and here we go. Star Trek is returning and in an all-new format. Join Captain Edwards and the crew of the Starship Montana as they journey where no crew has gone before. Only on the new audio adventures of Star Trek, the continuing mission at continuingmission.com. Incoming transmission, Captain. All right, welcome to this week's show, everyone. This is Rico, and we're doing an interview today with uh, two of the, I guess you call them executive producers, I think, guys. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay, that's correct, These yeah. are the executive producers of a new uh, audio event adventure, uh, Star Trek-related, on the Internet. It's called Star Trek The Continuing Mission. We have uh, somebody who you've heard before on the podcast, Sebastian Pruth. Hello. Hello. And uh, his, uh, I guess, partner in crime here, Andy Tyrer. <laughs> Hello. Pleased to be here. Good. Yeah, All right. Well, uh, glad you guys could make it. Uh, I- I'm really excited by this. Uh, uh, a long time ago, maybe Sebastian knows, I've said this on the- my podcast a few times, but uh, way, way back... Uh, Years and years ago, I used to do some small audio productions with old cassette recorders and friends, and we'd write little scripts. Mm-hmm. So what you guys are, uh, are are attempting and getting started here is uh, very, uh, well, it's near to my heart at least. So why don't, uh, why don't one of you start and just talk a little bit about uh, the basics of what you're doing and uh, let everyone know what, uh, what it's all about. All right. Okay. You want to go ahead, well, why Sebastian? Don't you, why don't you go ahead, Andy, because uh, you came to me with their idea. <laughs> yes, um, I actually came to Sebastian um, um, after we'd been working on a previous project um, together, and um, I said, okay, we'll work together on this, and uh, how about doing a Star Trek series? Um, and he immediately jumped up the idea, didn't you? I said... Yes, um, I need to. We need to talk about it because, as uh, everybody knows, yes, I'm a Star Trek fan, but I'm mm-hmm. not um, jumping up and down, screaming Star Trek all the time. So I have a lot of other things going on. So when he mentioned Star Trek, and I said yes, it was kind of like, well, what are we going to do with it? So Andy 
uh, is going to take us through what we're going to do with it, and that that was the most exciting so part for sleep, me. You don't like sleep in your Starfleet uniform, Sebastian? Then or, uh, <laughs> or go out in, in public? And, Surprisingly, you know. I do not. All right, Rico, I don't actually own a Star Trek outfit, but you thank you. You don't hop on the tube there in in, in England and, and and say beam me up or anything. And no, no that's that Andy's strange. Job. That's what Andy does. Oh, okay. All right. So it was Andy's initial. Uh, idea to uh, to you Sebastian about doing this audio drama this audio Star Trek drama that you guys are putting together uh, yeah the con- the continuing mission uh, Star Trek the continuing mission now tell me a little bit about I guess the title there did you guys go through a lot of different choices for that how did that come about did you get a big list going um, or? not really it just sort of arrived in my email actually from Andy oh really yes. okay all right well, yes that's easy um, enough. Hasn't really ever been done before, or it hasn't been done before. Yeah, these um, days it's quite... difficult sometimes to come up with something, uh, especially Star Trek related, that's not you know no one has grabbed yet. So, uh, yeah. and I was actually I like the I like the title a lot, and it was uh, uh, surprising to me that yeah, like you said, Andy, that it's not been taken before. So, so tell me uh, either one of you uh, a little bit about the the, the overall uh, I guess outline of what this. Uh, the ship is going to be meeting, and maybe a little bit about the ship and the crew. Okay, um, I'll, I'll go. Do you want me to go ahead and start, Andy? And then you go can ahead. Pick up? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, the show starts off at the time of Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, um, which was sort of very militaristic. Nicholas Meyer weaved into that movie a very Horatio Hornblower in space with a very militaristic attitude and very, uh, you know, all the procedures, general order, the captain cannot beam down without an armed escort and all that kind of stuff. So we decided that we wanted to do a series that was with those kind of characters who were military Starfleet personnel out of in a sort of out of bowl out of the fishbowl experience in the 24th century so the episode that is the pilot starts out with them in the 23rd century and by the end of the episode they are in the 24th century oh, right before okay. Captain Picard okay oh yes all right so that's and they're that's there to stay <laughs> yes they are not they're not able to get away no oh okay so that's interesting now that's uh I was about to say that's a real interesting time period to set the the show in because you know except for mm-hmm. a few movies they didn't really explore that uh, that time frame a whole lot they never had a chance there was no really TV series set in that uh, in that era but it sounds like then uh, you're not really going to be in that era after uh, the first show and we're also not really going to be in the TNG era oh, no okay this well, is I don't actually want you set to... around 10 years before TNG starts okay. yes uh, okay. everybody's still wearing tight spandex with, and their backs okay. are still hurting from that uh, so that's why everyone's so irritable in Starfleet I guess <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, I, I, uh, I think that we, was, we start uh... out in, in, in the pilot at the, they arrive in the 24th century and basically after uh, the events that get them there they're immediately placed on trial, and they have to uh, basically work their uh, way out, of, their way out of the situation. And yeah. then the fate hands them a way that's going to help them, and then they are able to sort of proceed and boldly go where no one has gone before, alongside all the other starships and Starfleet at the time. Sounds really cool. After, really of course, cool. having an, I was just going to say, after having a rather good upgrade on their ship as well. Absolutely, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah quite, tell me uh, a little bit about the uh, the ship itself, the name, and, and the type of ship that you're using for for the show. What the the crew is going to be manning? 
the starship is called the USS Montana, and um, we can we'll finally to... we can finally settle on the yes. air why we're talking about a starship called the Montana here because we've had several several mails, many, yeah, <laughs> lots, <laughs> lots, of... lots and lots and lots of emails saying why the heck would you ever call a Star Trek starship the Montana? And we think it's kind of obvious, but I guess it maybe isn't. That the Mon- Montana is where Bozeman, Montana is, which is where First Contact takes place in Star Trek First Contact. Mm. So Montana, <laughs> basically ah, that was okay. it. And, uh, okay, so the, the, that yeah, so you're yeah you're naming your ship after a, a pretty important spot in uh, the history of of Earth in the Star Trek universe, at least. Yes. Absolutely, yes. And, yeah. And, I think the real and, fans out there will uh, will recognize that, and and you know I don't know if you plan on in the first episode, it's or at some point in time bringing that out you know in the show to some degree you know they did that a little bit with enterprise over the years and you know especially in i think you know the first movie and a few other times where they reflected on you know where it got its name and that you know had in a series of very you know proud vessels over the years and all so i'm not sure if you guys are planning on on having you know a comment on on the name of the ship in in, actually in the show never actually thought about that but uh, we should probably mention right off the bat that Andy came to me with this wonderful starship that we're going to be using. Yeah. And he's going he's to take over here. It's this wonderful CGI starship, right? Yeah. Um, we've had, um, we spent several, several hours, didn't we? Um, I think it was actually... about, about two days. Yeah, well, yeah, hours becomes days. Um, yes. Wading, wading through um, possibilities for what ship... Mm-hmm. Um, right, we could we could use for the show, and um, we come up with a wonderful CGI design um, that was originally the USS Phobos, um, and and it fits the bill absolutely perfectly. Yes, if you don't look too closely from the front, it could be a, a just like the Enterprise from Star Trek. Uh, like the Wrath of Khan, but it really is quite different. Uh, the yeah. ship has dual navigational deflector arrays and yeah. a very strange um, uh, the way the warp engines are kind of swept up and then the bottom of it has a big weapons pod. So it's almost kind mm. of... It's, it's quite armed, is this ship, for its time. Yeah, it looked to me... Yeah, when I, You know, my first impression, and I really like what you guys have done and the, the design, it's... Uh, it's it's very nice, and I think it really fits well into that time frame. And it it almost looked, I don't know if this was the intention, at least my first impressions of it, was that it was sort of a, a combination of both the the Star Trek II-type Enterprise, you know, or the movie, or the early movies Enterprise, along with mm. the Reliant a little bit. The, you know, it was a little bit, the engines were a little lower, and, <coughs> and just it had a little more sleek appearance to it, and it looked a little bit more military like than mm. than just the enterprise but anyway I, I really like what you've done it's uh it's very nice and i think it uh it's not like you've gone you know wild with you know hey it's it's a ship and it looks like a giant bug or something you know you you've kept uh, <laughs> well we should probably point out right off the bat right here that we didn't design the phobos no. um that that andy went and found this starship design on the internet and it's by yeah. a guy called is it kevin riley Kevin Riley, yes. Kevin Riley designed oh, okay. uh, right. the model. So that's and, the basic uh, design that you used for your ship for the Montana. 
Yes, basically. Yes, yes. And we, we just renamed the class. Uh, we're, we call the ship Trieste class, which is um, basically a little homage to the starship that Datus uh, served on before it was on the Enterprise D. Oh, okay. All right. So then, uh, so this is, a, I, I'm taking it from what you've been describing, the ship is, is supposed to be a little bit more of a military uh, warship type uh, vessel than like the, the yeah. Enterprise was. The Enterprise was a heavy cruiser. Um, this is a frigate. Quite um, light, yeah. It's yeah. Light, um, on it, light on its feet, very maneuverable, and extremely powerful for its time, but immediately obsolete in the 24th century. Okay. Yeah. And a, uh, I think the crew complement is less as well is that than the Enterprise? About it's 298, that kind yeah. of thing, we said. Okay. All right. Uh, it's about 230 meters or 750 feet long, so that's quite a bit shorter than the Enterprise as well. Mm. Not sure how much. Yeah, it's uh I think it's in the, you know, just, you know, a little under but not like it would be dwarfed by it. Um no. so that's the uh the ship itself. Now now this uh one thing that I was very impressed looking over your website which uh I think is at is it Star Trek Continuing Mission dot com or is it just continuing mission? I continuingmission.com okay continuing mission we'll mention that a few more times and it'll be in the notes this week so we'll get that right okay. uh, continuingmission.com when i was looking over that you've got uh, quite a, a uh, good cast of uh, people you know a lot of uh, people who've done a lot of work in the industry this isn't just uh, i wanted to tell people and i'm sure you will as well that uh, you know, not that there's anything wrong with just some fans getting together like I used to do and getting in recording voices, but you have some professional level talent uh, to play these different parts, and maybe either or both of you could go through a little bit about that, uh, the different characters they're going to play, and, and so forth. Yeah. Well, I went out <coughs> and cast the characters pretty much because let, let, we can settle the record now. It wasn't that Andy didn't want to, but while I was doing all that, he was at work. So yeah. <laughs> I cast. Uh, so don't uh, give up your day job then. So you, you the, still the, kept uh, your day job, right? Oh, yes. So oh, yes. I was casting the principal characters. And um, one of the things I said right off the bat was this I'm not going to do this unless it sounds like something that was done. For release for someone to buy, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not making this, you know, just to sound kind of hokey. Right. No, no offense right. to other fan productions. But sure, but we're you, not wanted, you wanted it at a, at a certain level of quality that you could. Uh, yes. That you would feel comfortable with. You know, you were absolutely being both. Both of us being, you know, audio producers and and writers. Sure. Sure. Ourselves, we wanted to make sure that we were getting kind of quote unquote getting our money's worth from our actors. You know, and yeah. I'll have to I have to say as well that you know there's there's a lot of good reasons for that. I mean, the biggest one for me at least, and I've listened to a lot of different fan productions, and I can enjoy them of all different levels. But w- what I do find though is that if 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 you get taken out of the story by uh, perhaps not the best you know voice actor or so forth on it, you know you can really it just falls apart kind of at that point to some degree, you know. You you can get by, but to to get some professional-level actors in there, I'm sure you're going to be mixing all kinds of great music and effects and things into it. Yeah. Really, really makes it, you know, it, it, it makes you uh, believe in what you're listening to. Well, one of the things I point out right away is, as I was listening to Andy cut together the first 10 minutes of the show um, earlier today, I was hearing it over the speakers on the Skype because we pretty much – it's kind of like we're in an office together with the Skype on so we can talk to each other and work through this. And um, it was was so weird how 
I was hearing it and I thought, that's Star Trek. And it was something that, you know, that we had written and produced and I, well, I, I was directing and he's, he's producing it. And mm-hmm. it, it, it was just being played back through the speakers and I'm going, that's Star Trek. Yeah, that's, and that's great. That's what I that's wanted. Great. That's exactly what I wanted. Well, that's yeah. That'll definitely uh, it'll it'll really add to the you know the, to sort of believability of it. I mean, it yeah. is sci-fi and that kind of thing. But I mean, just to you know start listening to a few minutes of it and then be sort of become part of the story, and, and that will Even, uh, yeah. really mm-hmm. be re- really be helpful. I'm sure. So, getting well, back if to if you'd th- like, oh, we could play a bit of the demo that we have a minute. Of the first bit, don't we? That 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 we do the fade out right after that phaser shot. Yes. So maybe we could play that on the air. Yeah. Feel free, you guys. Go ahead, and if there's a little pause here while you're getting it ready, you know, I can edit that out a little bit. But that's uh... okay. Do you okay. have that, Sebastian? Um, uh, <laughs> not on the machine that we're on Skype on. Could you cut that in afterwards? Certainly. Uh, yeah. You know what? Why don't we just? Uh, why don't you email that that little bit of audio to me, uh, Sebastian, and I I will just slide it in here. And then we can just dis- or you can you two can at least discuss it. I won't have heard it yet, yeah. but uh, so okay. uh, we're well, going I'd to be like, sliding. Actually, we can send it to you right now, so you can hear. It. It's only like a minute, and then you can talk about it with us because I think that would make it far more enjoyable for you. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Go ahead and email it to me, and we'll take a uh, we'll just take a what I would like to call a short break here, and be <laughs> right back with Andy and Sebastian. Captain's log, start date eighty one twenty four point six. The Montana has been investigating the fourth planet of the Relgar system. Scans of the surface have indicated the ruins of an ancient civilization possibly hundreds of thousands of years old. We are the first Federation starship to investigate this archaeological curiosity, and many of my crew are taking this opportunity to take some well-deserved shore leave. Numi? Over here, Captain. Here, sir. Ah, there you are. Well, what have you got? Tricorder readings indicate we're right on top of a subterranean passage. Do you think this passage is related to the burrows we discovered on the other side of the ridge? Possibly, sir. It seems likely that the inhabitants of the planet were a subterranean society. The tricorder readings indicate an interconnecting set of tunnels, with this passage being one of many possible access points from the surface. How big is the passage? Big enough for us, although we may have to crouch. Nature seems to have overrun everything up here. The passage is covered by several feet of dirt, sediment, and rock. Do your readings indicate the tunnels are strong enough to withstand phasering our way in? The rock is comprised of calvinite, sir. Strong enough for sure. Stand back. Okay, we're back. Uh, what you just heard there was a little portion of the first episode of Star Trek: The Continuing Mission. Yeah, that's that's quite impressive, guys. I I really like the way you've mixed all the effects and music in. Now, yeah. it was difficult. I thought I picked up a few little uh, musical cues I'd heard in Trek before, but I'm not sure. Is that original music, or have you pulled it off other places? 
Well, no, the, uh, it's his mixture of um, Star Trek music, actually. Is it okay? All right, that's that's kind of. Andy what... Andy's our music guy, and uh, <laughs> he, he he did some incredible work with the music, where it starts out sounding like Enterprise, somehow sounds like Generations in the middle, and ends sounding like just about every commercial break on Trek. So it's it's, it's kind of yeah, like, exactly. Um, I mean, it was it was like it was like you said before we uh, listened to that, Sebastian, about. Uh, it, it it just immediately kind of sounds like Star Trek, but I don't immediately think, oh, that's the music that was from the scene where you know Spock fought Kirk mm. or something like that. You know what I mean? You there are some musical cues in Trek that have been used from for some very you know well known scenes and that kind of thing. And but it it definitely had a very Trek sound to it. I uh, very uh, very impressive. Now. We'll we'll get into the, the the actors and your crew a little bit, but the first question okay. I wanted to ask about that, especially since I just heard the recording. Now, how are you actually doing the the actor recordings? Are they all off in their own little uh, parts of the world, and then and then recording their lines and sending them in? Or are you doing some kind of group uh, uh, recording sessions? How how is that working? Um, oh, I'll say this one. Um, yes, basically they're they're recording. Um, well, we're still working on the pilot episode at the moment um, with some of the principal cast. Um, Sebastian is actually directing that episode, um, and he's directing um, the cast me- members individually. We did have um, a an idea to try and get a group um, a group uh, read through going, but um, we figured it might be a bit difficult with the different time zones. Um, that people are working and living in, and uh, daily job commitments as well, uh, right, would right. also make it a bit difficult to try and get us all together, all in one place, all at once, trying to do this. A little tricky. A little tricky with the, little the quality that, of the of the yeah. A little tricky with the quality of the recording too, because of you know, there's always usually when you connect two or three, four people together, there's always it yeah. seems somebody that has different levels, and you'll have to go back and kind of balance that out. Yeah, from a little yeah. bit of doing these interviews and doing the podcasts that I do each week, I know what that's like. Uh, the only thing I was going to say, and, and I know you were going to say something there, Sebastian, but maybe in some areas, I don't know if you've thought about this, but you know, when you have scenes between, say, just a couple of people, that might work out. You know, where you could get just those two together rather than you know your whole cast. You know, that kind of a thing. Although there are obviously going to be scenes with more than two people and that. So. Go ahead, Sebastian. Well, it, well, it should, should be pointed out right away that um, everybody in our cast, except for one person, actually, except for two people, actually have someone else who's in the cast with them as well, mm-hmm. uh, who is in the same, like, either in the same house or same classroom. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Uh, so um, uh, t- Tim uh, Renshaw, who plays uh, Captain Edwards, is working with Tomoko Leonard because she's um, his student. Uh, Carl Chambers is on his is on his own. Um, uh, Commander Plummer, Lieutenant Knight, and Lieutenant Commander McGuire are all um, in the same place. Um, uh, and um, if I missed anybody, oh yes, and the Doctor, uh, Doctor Wilson, and mm-hmm. Ensign Palmer are sort of uh, an item, I believe, in real life. 
Yes, they are. Are they an item on your show too? <laughs> oh no, they hate each other. Actually, <laughs> oh, that should be a lot of fun. That that should be good. So, uh, well, that's that's great that there are, there are connections already out there. That they uh, now because of that, are they are they able then when they do their recordings? Are they recording then? Like I was saying, some parts together and sending them into you. Well, what I well what I do, um, I'll just take you through the regular recording process. Sure. Yeah. I get on the Skype with them. And they have the script, and I have the script. Uh, and I sit there, and I say, okay, what I'm going to do is you read your line. I'll tell you if it's not how I wanted it. Or if I want you to read again, I'll just say, would you you know, take that from the top again? And I'll just read the next line. They play off me. So I take on the other character in the scene. Oh, okay. All right. That's exactly and, and, what I was going to ask. I was going to ask, is either there's somebody that's next to them that's got a copy of the script that's kind of giving them cues, or are you doing it, or how that's working? So, so, for example, um, there's a scene from the pilot um, between uh, the doctor and the captain. Uh, so when the doc- when I uh, record with uh, Gabe tomorrow, he's the doctor. I will play the captain, and until until I'm satisfied, we record the lines. So it sometimes takes 15 or 20 takes to get the line right. And uh, I mean, we're we're not doing this small potatoes. We're really trying to make this. Um, as big a potato as we can. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's. Uh, I'm curious about since I'm into this, you know, into audio to some degree as well. Now, have you either suggested or what? What kind of equipment are these people using? I mean, to sort of try to keep things sort of matched. Have you? Have you? Well, dealt with I that? suggested right away what mm. uh, that that the any character in our uh, in our story at all. Except for some of the guest stars. For example, one of our guest stars in the first episode only had a headset, but he's only communicated with over subspace. Ah, okay. So we sort of get away with that. Yeah, that, that um, probably works pretty well, actually, to, to, to use something that's not quite a, a high level to be, you know, you're over the com or whatever, over communicator. That, but that but in help. the case of every other principal character, I can remember. I'll tell you guys a quick, microphones. a quick story. What Back, like I said, way, way, you know, um, years, decades when I did some audio, we even used uh, hand walkie-talkies for that. We would have somebody in another area of the house on a walkie-talkie, and then we would use that. And they would, that would be that to simulate, you know, this is long before cell phones, blah, 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 inter, you know, whatever. So we use walkie-talkies, but uh, it sounds like you've got a good idea for your uh, your production. So they're, yeah. now going back to this, uh, for the rest, uh, the, are they using fairly good microphones and equipment then? A lot of them are using professional equipment. Um, uh, several of them are using actual studios, uh, recording studios, to actually. Um, oh, that's do their great! Yeah, in. that's great if they have a good, you know, sound kind of yeah. quality area to record in, and good equipment. Uh, it, it should make your job a lot easier, Andy. I'm sure because you're getting. I, I'm guessing from what I've heard here that you're getting all the audio bits kind of sent to you and putting it all together. Yeah. That's correct, um, and it does take a long time to cut all these various um, clips through on the multi-track editor. I'm curious what um, you're using. Yeah, what are you using to do it all on? Uh, what kind of uh, uh, computer system or? Uh, yeah, um, it's been produced on a on a Intel PC. Oh, okay, um, good, good. I was I was like, hoping yes. you weren't going to say a Mac, but <laughs> no, we've had. No, Max are the devil, unfortunately, in my, <laughs> my eyes. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, um, and my um, editing software of choice is Adobe Premiere, um, which can be both used for um, video or audio editing. Um, oh, that's great. That's and great. 
it gives a real quality to uh, the production. Which is kind of funny how my, um, excuse me, <clears throat> my uh, preference for editing audio and multi-track is Sony Vegas. So we both use the pr- wrong yeah. program to do it, and it works just fine. And, uh, uh, I mean, Vegas is designed to work with video and sound at the same time. Right. Uh, yeah. For example, the, the opening theme, um, which is... Uh, f- which you hear on Star Trek The Next Generation where Picard goes space the final frontier, these are the voyages of the Enterprise. That 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 monologue um is is actually going to appear slightly in our show. Uh yes. in, in an interesting different way. And uh the uh the way I had to I put it all together on multi track and that was the first thing we did for the show. Once yeah. we knew who our captain was, before we cast anybody else, we put that together. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is um, unfortunately not going to be listenable to by anybody until the show is December. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're. Uh, we were talking a little during the break. That's the uh, your projected uh, release of the first episode will be this uh, this December Christmas Day, right? Two thousand and seven. That's correct. When when your opening presents will be opening emails. Yes. <laughs> Christmas Day, we will be working. Yeah. <laughs> Or at least Christmas day. Eve, probably at least quite a bit. So, uh, well, that's uh, yeah, yes. that's and you you gave a pretty good rundown of your of your cast of characters. Were there were there any things that you missed when you were talking about those that you wanted to specifically hit upon? Maybe some of the actors' experiences. Uh, well, in- yes, um, yes. Some of the uh, most of our actors are have experience either on the radio or on stage, and it's wonderful that on well, Star Trek even or even even on Star Trek. Um, uh, the guest star that I recorded just the other day. Are we releasing guest star names? Or are we doing that in the big press release? Oh, let's do it. Let's okay, do fine. Let's do one. Give okay, one. We'll give you one. Um, Ooh, I get an the exclusive. Gentleman... Thank you. Yeah, this is an exclusive. The in the first episode of Star Trek: The Continuing Mission, a enemy commander appears on the view screen in your head because it's a radio show. Sure. And he is voiced by Lawrence Montaigne, who played the first Romulan ever to appear on Star Trek ever. He was Centurion Decius on Star Trek, the original series, Imbalance right. of Terror. Right, he was Imbalance. All right, I was about to say he's on the Romulan ship in that episode. Well, that's very yeah. cool. Now, how did that work out? Uh, shoot him an email, and, and they, they, or was there a friend of a friend thing, or...? Uh, I actually just went to his website, sent him an email, and asked him, and he kindly volunteered his time. A couple of days later, we got on Skype and recorded it. Well, that's great. That's uh, you know, that's a lot like these other productions have been doing. You know, I'm sure you guys are familiar with uh, like Star Trek: New Voyages and getting people uh, from the old series. You know, some of them that had very, uh, you know, they weren't in every episode. Some of the uh, background players, you'd call them, and guest stars, and getting them into their Productions, of course. Now they've got uh, or have been getting like some of the um, some of the major players like uh, George Decay and Walter Koenig and uh, and those guys. But um, but that's... Well, we have some major players of our own. Oh, I didn't mean to say that one you... word. Really? Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, we well, have some people who you all recognize. That's very good. Yes. Um, he does. He doesn't talk like this, does he? No, he <laughs> doesn't. Not quite. No, no, no. <laughs> now tell me a little no. bit about the uh, 
the, the just the the main what you would call the main uh, characters a little bit more detail, like on the captain and, and a couple of the main bridge officers a little bit. Uh, okay. Well, Captain Edwards is a seasoned Starfleet officer from the 23rd century. He's been in command of the Montana for just on nine years, um, so he knows his crew pretty well by now. Um, and he's played by the amazing Tim Renshaw, um, um, who has the voice of God, as Sebastian puts it. Um, yeah, did, was that him a video, in the? Uh, it's that a voiceover uh, in the clip that, that you uh, that we played that you sent to me. That that's him in that clip, right? I cor- that's correct. I think. correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like that. Did we say uh, that's gotta... correct, then, Andy. That... <laughs> Stop <laughs> <Yes>. imitating me. <laughs> So then the, uh, all right, how about second in command? Uh, second in command of the Montana. Is... It depends when you're looking at it, doesn't it, I suppose? Well, let's just, let's just do it for what's going to be for the service. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, commander Darius Locke uh, is the commander um, and executive officer of the Montana, and he is placed on their team by the 24th century. He is from... The Captain Picard's century. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, he's put in there to sort of make things work for the Montana in the wrong time. So, well, that should is, be really um, interesting. He'll uh, that would be very uh, interesting. You know, that'd be like assigning an officer to a very old, like uh, you know, navy ship or something, and then having to deal with all the right. the ancient technology and everything. Absolutely, and everybody kind of doesn't like him. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> because yeah, he's yeah. he's slightly um because he's immediately in the doghouse. And the interesting yeah. thing about his character is because he comes into the show. Well, he doesn't come into that. He's obviously already in the show, but because he comes into the story, he immediately knocks down the per the person who was executive officer in yeah. the twenty third ah, okay. century. All right. And he's reduced in rank to lieutenant commander and made the tactical officer. And that immediately makes him hate his guts. So. <laughs> Good. Uh, well, that should be some. That should be for some good, uh, interesting mm-hmm. conflict. You know, that's, uh, you know, even though Star Trek has always been about, you know, what I consider like the 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 good things in mankind and so forth. You know, you need obviously you guys understand it. You need some conflict or else the stories are just not interesting and the characters aren't interesting and so forth. It's, you know, one of the things I think that happened a little with TNG at least at first was they just just a little too much alike a little too got along just a little too maybe too well and and that yeah. but you know that you got there's a fine line there that you need to uh walk which i'm sure you guys are aware of well one of the things that we should point out right away is that every character in our show is intrinsically flawed yes they 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 are not perfect spandex wearing no love handled people they are completely human beings which is why there really isn't anyone but a Betazoid in the cast. We want to write this. This is humans, by humans, for humans, about humans. Human and adventure. One of the things that we got immediately attacked for by about 8 billion letters. <laughs> you got no aliens, the, um, right? No aliens? Is that what they were saying? No aliens in the main cast. Yeah. And we do have an alien. Of, he's a full-on Betazoid, and, uh, and we have... Um, but honestly, we have the captain. He's an you, alien. But you know, when you go human. back to Star Trek in it in its history, that you know, especially the original series and, and yeah. Enterprise, even I mean, the Enterprise stretched it a bit. But uh, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent. But in in the time frame you guys starting out in, that doesn't 
you know, it kind of makes sense. It, it works. I mean, yeah. and it was the kind of show that you wanted to do. You know, Absolutely. You, you I mean, wanted we, to do a we, show we, with, we heard from the fans right away. We took some advice from the fans right away because somebody pointed out that we only had one uh, female main character. So we decided that we would make one of our males a female and rewrite them a little bit. Ah, okay. And so we have two females and the rest are males. And we all also have um, the wonderful Sherilyn Lambeth, who is our computer voice. Yes. And so she's obviously a female as well. And she will give us some additional voices from time to time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a tricky thing to, to do. And, and you're, you know, you've got these characters. And, and depending on how things all work out, I'm sure that you could flex that, the cast a bit and bring in guest stars and that kind of thing to maybe, uh, mm. you know, bring in aliens for, for those people out there that, that are interested in that aspect. But uh, it's, it, I don't really, if the stories are good and the, and the acting and, the, and the, all the whole production, which it sounds like you guys are going full out, that I don't think that that's as big a concern is, is you know i wouldn't i I'd take those well how many was it eight million <laughs> i wouldn't worry <laughs> oh, probably you know, about 10 and, and, and i'm sure you're well aware we, that we everyone, have a few especially when it comes to star trek and i think just sci-fi and geek uh things like that that everyone's got their own view and opinion and you guys have to do what you want to do and we're fully aware with. of that. In yeah. fact, we're not concerned yeah. Yeah. about um, about uh, upsetting a, a few fans right away because we know that they'll learn to love them. Right. Yes. If, so if they're good characters and interesting, whether they've got pointy ears or a funny forehead, it doesn't mm. really matter. I mean, when you look at it, no. how different really were even the aliens that have ever been on Star Trek in the cast? You know, eh, you know, a little bit, some more than others, more different. But you know, there were a lot of aliens that all they really wanted to do was be human you know that that was a lot of it true so it's um it sounds like you're you have sort of a little group of misfits anyway and that was what i think gene roddenberry (laughs) and other people that worked on trek always tried to do with the alien characters was they were the Mm. the ones that weren't quite as adjusted and and that they always were looking at humans from different you know kind of a different perspective but you've got a whole unique setting, it sounds like, that you're starting off in, and that's going to add a lot. You know, this switch from 23rd to 24th century is going to add a lot to, to that. They're going to be fish out of, or fishes out of water, or I guess it's just fish Absolutely. out of water. So. Well, no, it's yes. actually both, but that's okay. It's both, <laughs> they're, right, they're, yeah. um, that They're completely... A, they're in an alien world sure, complete, right. at, at home. I mean, Earth is alien to them because they're out of time. And, yeah. I mean, we haven't actually visited Earth in any of our stories yet. Um, no, we haven't. We do intend to have a few episodes. Uh, I'll just um, throw one out there right now. Um, um, there was a Star Trek episode of Enterprise called First Flight, which dealt mm. with how Archer met with Trip Tucker for the first time. Right, right, I and remember. Our first officer, I mean, our engineer and captain are best buddies. They're like this. So uh, it's uh, we're going to have an episode that deals with how they got to know each other, and it's a very different kind of story. They are yeah. it, you, you would not expect Star Trek to do what we're doing, but it's still Star Trek. No. So that's next Star year, Trek. isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's next year. <laughs> yeah. So the first. Uh, we've, we've, a, a, Go ahead, Andy. I was going to say, we've fully flushed out an arc for season one. We know where that's going to lead to, and we're pretty much looking at season two now, aren't we, Sebastian? We're pretty much looking at rewriting stories for season two, because we've written 
all we want to do well we've written the stories we just have to do the scripts for mm. season one we're, we're up to script five and you're working on six no you're working on six I've, I've done five. Oh right okay yeah yeah, that's yeah I was uh, I, I like the fact that you've uh, done that and I'm sure that probably fell in, into place pretty easily it just you yeah. know you've got a nice outline of what you where you want to go and I think that'll probably I'm sure help a lot in uh in doing the different stories it's not like okay what do you want to do this week oh how about they meet this alien ship or go to this planet or whatever it uh, you know it, it shows that you guys have a plan which i think will help a lot well the plan is essential because if we didn't have it we would be dead already uh yes. because this is a let's and i keep on saying it and it, i sound like a broken record star trek the continuing mission is being produced like a television show and we have break sessions for every episode we have story brainstorming sessions we have let's come up with uh whose scene is whose in each episode so we go away and write the scenes come back put the episodes together go over it again together read it go away come back and polish it in fact tomorrow morning we're just polishing the second half of the pilot so we can produce it it's done it just needs to be polished and we just make sure that all the spelling's right and all the you know the the references are correct and technical stuff is correct because we don't have a science advisor yet and notice i said yet <laughs> but uh, <laughs> star trek the continuing mission is a television show that does not actually have a screen yes mm. the, i wanted to ask you sebastian now you between you and andy uh are there yeah. any other behind-the-scenes type players, uh, people that you've sort of recruited for this yet that you wanted to mention that are helping you out on any of the, the production? <laughs> There's nobody <laughs> helping us out at all. It's just us. It's just us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, I, I'd have to say, you know, if the reason I asked that was if it's just the two of you trying to pull all this together, you know, the, the yes, script writing, the the pulling, the, obviously, the audio part together, getting everyone together to record their lines, doing all of that. I I, uh, I have to say, you guys aren't busy or anything, are you? Or, you know, you, you have a lot of free really. time, right? You have a lot of free time on your hands? Yeah. Go out um, golfing yes, every day you know, and goofing we off. We can do but, whatever yes. we want any time. I mean, in fact, For I'm almost like, 10 minutes. Vacation. Yeah, yeah you, had, you had five <laughs> minutes free yesterday, right? <laughs> it's, uh, yes. But that's did. an amazing we, Andy amount. Andy and I will pull... Um, Probably, um, well, a couple Saturdays ago, which was the launch, the 8th of September, I got up at 5.45, was working at 6. We worked until 12 midday, had an hour break, and then worked again until 1 in the morning. Wow, that's, uh, that's, you guys got some dedication, and I have to hand it to you. I mean, I do this podcast each week, and it, it, it even... That takes a lot of time, but what you're putting together here is uh, is pretty incredible. And uh, my, if I had a hat, I would be taking it off right now. But see, I'm also doing a full day's work as well. I, I have a day job. Yes. Then I'm that, coming home at night. Um, I do what I need to do. Then that's how I do it. I work all day on it, and then I work all night on yes. it. So, yeah. But it's something. Home, you know, it sounds like it's, I'm, it's, I'm working with him. You guys are very, you know, I have to say it's just, again, like the I keep using the podcast that I do as an analogy a little bit, but if it's something that you enjoy and that you're passionate about, it, it I don't know. For me, at least, it's like the hours just fly by. I don't, it, it doesn't you have seem. To know, the hours don't always fly by. No. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you one thing. Andy is one of the easiest people to work with. And Sebastian. I, I, we can finish each other's sentences. We can, we, we know what we want to do before we know ourselves so i can say okay well you're going to want this and he's already got it by the time he wants it so well, that's great we, that's great it, we, we we're, we're together 
almost like we're kind of one person doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's why we have to, twins. Yeah, we kind of have to work on the uh, each script. Like for example, Ghost Ship was written by both of us because we yes. came up with all the scenes. Said, okay, I'm going to do the first scene. You do the second. He'll do the uh, third, and then we would just split them up. Went away, wrote the scenes, came back, put them together, and they actually <laughs> fit. <laughs> That's great. That's, they actually that's wonderful. fit. Uh, we had to change some things, but one of the things we've noticed is once it becomes audio, the way Andy's putting it all together, it suddenly becomes alive, and it makes you. Mm. And when when everyone calls you up and says, "I'm so excited about doing this," the stories are so good. And I mean, because all our cast members know what the whole story is. Unfortunately, the audience cannot. Um, <laughs> and yet, uh, we, we do a lot of behind the scenes work. We should probably talk about all this behind the scenes stuff we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we? I know we have we don't have a whole lot, maybe about another five or ten minutes or so. But uh, why don't you? Yeah, let me know a little bit about how that's all working out. I know you've got a a nice website going and and, and a lot of other yeah. things to to uh, sort of complement this. Well, one of the things that we started off right away was we knew that we had to include the fans at every level. So if you watch yeah. Battlestar Galactica, you know that they put out a podcast for every episode where they talk about the show. We are going to put out a podcast for every episode where we talk about the show that just came out. And we're, also, we're running up to the, to the release with podcasts as well, with yeah. uh, various um, cast members being interviewed, us being interviewed, interviewing one another, talking about the series, talking about the series arcs, um, which are coming up. Some behind-the-scenes information, as well as... Um... The fact that we're going to include writing sessions, we're going to sh- we're going to record our writing sessions, just put them out unedited, so people will have to deal with our potty mouths. Yes. Um, uh, the fact that we just sit there and we're coming up with stories and coming, and it might help somebody somewhere who's trying to trying to do the same thing. So yeah, I think that's great. Uh, and also, and yeah, the, there you go. The other thing that I I like about that stuff is that you know, and and you mentioned the Battlestar podcasts and, and the other ones. That, I think the great thing about a lot of this is people get to start to really get a feel for how much is go, goes into these kinds of things. That it isn't just, oh, yeah, you know, I had a free Saturday. I decided to write this script, and we sat down and recorded it. Bang, bang, bang. In two hours, it was done. And, and it, Funny you should mention that. Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> that's not the way we do it. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, right. Well, let's put it this way. Andy and I will come up with an idea for a story. Example, we're working on one right now called Command Decision. Um, yeah. I think it's either the fourth or the fifth or the sixth. It's I don't the really know. <laughs> uh, you see, that's the thing. I don't know the registry number for our own starship. Isn't that funny? <laughs> but uh, somebody said to me the other day what our number is, and I went, oh, yeah. It just doesn't come into the writing. But um, the uh, we're working on, I came up with this idea for the episode. I came up, I went to Andy with it. We kicked it around. I've gone away. I've done an outline, came back, came back. We, we talked about more dialogue. And there's still hardly much of a script, but the episode is fleshed. And that's yeah. taken about three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's, it's huge. The process for writing and uh, producing one of these episodes is about a month. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah. what I've also found because I, you know, when I was doing those shows I was talking about before and writing that, and I've tried to do some writing since then. And uh, like on the forum that I run, where we have this sort of written RPG game, we call it, where we've got our own little ship and have a little missions that take place. But what I find a little, and, and you mentioned the time frame and, and the weeks you're working on it, is that you don't really want to sit down and just bang something out. 
But at least for no, me, you, you want to oh, be no, able to let it sort of roll around in your head a little bit. It's not like, okay, I'll get back to that and write it six months later. I don't mean that long of a process, but sometimes One of the things just that you're, sleeping That's on actually it, yeah. what we do. We, we have come up with stories that we will not be writing until 2008. Yes, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You, it, it just sort of has to sort of come together in a way. And, you, and you know, I don't know, I'll just, you know, you come up with an idea when you're out driving or walking or in the shower and it just goes man that's that that'll work and then you you know you're running to write it down or whatever but uh yeah i I mean i'll throw this in for the last um the last little uh, sneak preview for the beginning of the second season we have a wonderful episode lined up with such incredibly um exciting ideas that i actually came up with while walking the dog yeah, and I just came home with this in in like a box. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that, that's the way it's it works. So it's... incredibly complex to come home in a box with. Yeah, it, uh, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. It isn't like you sit down and you go, "Okay, I'm at my you know computer or whatever," and you go, "Okay, now I've got to write three script ideas or whatever." It doesn't work that way, really. At least, I, never has I for can't me. Actually, do that. I, I actually I do that. Go away. Do I, you? I can't do that. I have to actually go away and sit there, yeah, contemplate on my own, away from the computer, shut my eyes for ten minutes, and have a think about exactly what we're going to do, where we're going to go, and come up with ideas like that. I can't just sit down in front of a computer and just rattle it out. Yeah. Well, on the second um, week of production, I was talking to Andy on the phone, and in, our, in the process of our conversation, I had my laptop. I was sitting up on my bed. I just had my laptop out, and I banged out, I think, five premises. Yeah, and then we're going to use some of them. I mean, it was it was it's just something that I kind of, as a as a sort of a writer, I write all the time. Andy's sort of getting back into it. He doesn't write all the time, so it's something that, um, you know, it's, it kind of comes more easily to me. Maybe just these premises, but mm. uh, it's it's the benefit of us both, and it's it's such an exciting project. I'm I am more excited today than I was when we started. So I suppose that's a good oh, yes. thing. Well, that's yes. yeah. I, I'm uh, I'm t- completely uh, impressed and, and excited as well. And uh, I'm hoping uh, you know. I wish it was Christmas already. Do, now, what I wanted to ask uh, as we kind of wrap things up, uh, the first show mm-hmm. out on, at Christmas. Do, are you guys doing that uh, because you're trying to get some other ones lined up? What's your what do you, what do you foresee as your release uh, schedule for like the other rest of uh, the first season? Uh, every Ooh. couple of months, or for our or... sins, for our sins, we are. Pushing <laughs> I don't want to make you commit releases. to anything that you're not comfortable with, of course. But <laughs> well, the show is uh, billed as a monthly show. Um, monthly, okay. Yeah, it, we're releasing 25th of December. You expect to see it between the 20th and 30th of July. I mean, not July, January. Yeah, that sounds just right. Every six months, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, expect to see it between the 20th and 30th of, of January, and then, you know, the same thing for the next. Um, we're, we're hoping to have two to three episodes fairly finished. By the time you start? start. By the time we start. Right, to sort of have a jump we, on it a little bit, so you're not a just... Se- doing it in seasons, so we're going to actually produce five, and then have a break. Uh, and do sweeps sort of thing, but not actually air loads more again, no. the same ones. But we'll do sweeps and then come back and do more. Very so good, it, very good. The, if, uh, if, it, if it lands well, if if people like it, if they love it, then we love it. If they hate it, then we won't do much more than a year. Oh, I, I have a feeling that you'll get a lot of, uh, you know, there's always going to be people that aren't happy, and if they don't listen, that's fine. You know, that's the way 
But I, I think uh, it sounds like the approach you're taking is going to make a lot of people uh, pretty excited and happy about it. Uh, I, yeah. I wanted to ask uh, uh, another just very last thing, but uh, the artwork and some of the stuff on the website right now, are you planning on putting up uh, anything related to the individual stories, like to give people some visual sort of clues? Yes, there or, will be. Go ahead, and uh, I think you know what I'm asking. Yeah, um, we're going to be releasing um, CD covers for the stories, um, disc covers as well, um, all sorts for each Poster. episode that comes up. Yeah, posters. And, uh, with, uh, yeah. Each, each episode will have its own artwork that Andy and I come up with. How about like a little uh, trailer or like sneak peek, uh, like a yes. minute or At the end two. of every episode, there will be a next time on the new audio adventures of Star Trek The Continuing Mission, and you will hear next week's episode's highlights. Ah, yeah. okay. All right. That's that's very uh, very good idea. That, you know, very Trek-like. Although, you know, they I guess uh, only in the original series did they really do that. You know, nope, when it was, they did it on Star Trek TNG and DS9 and Voyager. Did they? Why, why am I blanking yeah. out? Are you, are you <laughs> sure? At least maybe it, maybe it depends on when you watched it or where, what market it was mm. broadcast in. Because it's on UPN. Boy, they always I, had I it. Go, I don't it would recall, be Don uh, Tate would say, next time on Star Trek, the next generation. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I guess they, uh, it's been so long since I saw it, you know, when it was originally released uh, on the air. Mm. I, I must be just blanking out on that a little bit, but... Uh, it's uh yeah that's uh that's a nice thing and it obviously keeps people coming back each week for uh or not each week in your case each month but you know gets them a little whets their appetite for the next episode. Yeah, one final thing we must mention Rico and that is that we have a forum on the site for those yes. who are interested uh on on the show uh that you can talk about the show you can talk to the actors you can talk to the producers you can suggest things over at um continuingmission.com forward slash forum Okay, good. And, that's uh, uh, yeah. That's what, so your uh, your cast uh, members, your actors are are participating in that as well, too, Sebastian. They are indeed. Absolutely, yes. yes. Oh, that's uh, great. We, we've we've that's coordinated great. on all these levels. It's scary how much work has gone into the show. <laughs> well, that I think will add a lot to the uh, to the whole experience. You know that people can interact and and you know even 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 though you may get some people on there occasionally that goes ah you know this. I didn't like this part of the show or this part. And, you know, you, you yeah. listen to them, but the uh, it also it gives them a little more connection. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anything else Absolutely. you guys wanted to just kind of mention? I, I did say uh, at one of our uh, breaks that uh, I do want to get you guys both on, uh, probably either maybe closer to when you're ready to release the first episode or even after or at some appropriate yeah. point. So this won't be the... Uh, the last uh, time we talk about this exciting project, uh, but anything that no, uh, at means. the end here, you by wanna, all means, we'd love to come back. Anything left Absolutely. that we uh, left out that you want to tell everyone about uh, before we uh, uh, sign off for this time? It's that we really appreciate that you've um, brought us on the show to talk about mm-hmm. our new show. It's very exciting for us. We are we are tickled pink to be involved in something that I believe is going to become part of Star Trek <laughs> lore. Uh, I really believe that that people are going to accept this. As a Star Trek series. Mm. Yeah, it's... Uh, and I would have to say also a, a big thank you to all the cast, the crew, who have taken part so far in this production or are going to take part in this production. Um, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Absolutely. Yeah, it's probably got to be pointed out... to this, yeah. It's probably really <laughs> got to be pointed out that I, I'm, I'm, from what I know, everyone's doing this just out of the 
the goodness of their heart. There's no payments going out. And uh, to, it, like we were talking about all the time commitment and everything that's uh, necessary to do yeah. something like this, it's it, it's it's great that people uh, do that. Uh, and, and just because they want to, you know, the actors want to get some more acting experience. You guys want to get some producing experience and all that good stuff. And you're doing something that you like a lot. Absolutely. So um, I uh, I really uh, love talking to you guys about this. It sounds like a great thing, and I'm looking forward to uh, to Christmas now for even another reason. And we'll, we'll talk again <laughs> well, very, uh, very soon. Just hang yes. on, and uh, we'll wrap this up. I want to thank everyone for listening to uh, this interview, and I will talk to you again real soon. Thanks a lot, Sebastian and Andy. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed listening to Sebastian, Andy, and myself talk about their new project, Star Trek The Continuing Mission. Sounds like these guys are putting uh, a lot of work, a lot of effort into this, and uh, it really is sounding great. Uh, We'll be following up on uh, their progress here in a couple of months. It looks like they're going to do that first episode out uh, not too long in the future, and uh, I urge you to check out their website at continuingmission.com, and that will be also in the podcast notes for this week. Not going to talk much more. Uh, I've got a little bit of a head cold, actually, so this was a, a good week to have an interview uh, for everyone. Uh, next week, though, for the show, I wanted to mention that uh, we will be uh, looking at kind of a retrospective at 20 years of Star Trek The Next Generation. They just uh, We celebrated the 20th anniversary on September 28th, 2007. It was 20 years ago to that day that Star Trek The Next Generation premiered, and next week's podcast next weekend show will be uh kind of an overview of the series what i i've liked about it over the years uh how much uh the characters have sort of grown on on me and and just a lot of different things about next generation uh so that should be a lot of fun uh i'll try to slip a collectible also in next week's show if anyone sent any voicemails we don't really have time for those this week but those we'll get into uh next week's show i'm sure so until then uh, have a great week everyone and i'll talk to you again real soon bye bye for now This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. You said don't talk fast, and that's how you show excitement. All right, talk a little faster. Okay, this has been a Rick Dosty podcast production. This podcast, copyright 2007, all rights reserved.